friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having a blessed, productive day today. And it's been interesting. I've been watching numerous articles now all across the country of the pushback that is now apparently starting to hit algorithms very, very aggressively. And we're starting to see suddenly states and cities all over the country now are starting to backtrack on their mass mandates and all kinds of other mandates, including in Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, California, a bunch of other ones that I've seen. And it's funny to me now how they suddenly think that, oh, well, if we take a step back and we basically remove a lot of these draconian restrictions that we've gotten so enjoyment out of doing to people, that suddenly people are just going to forget about what we've done. And I encourage everybody listening, do not ever forget about what these people have done. They're going to try because of the midterms and because of what other events are occurring right now across the country, including the protests and the truckers and what's going on in Canada. They're going to try to do the best they can to now twist the narrative and say, oh, well, the cases are starting to drop now. And so now we can start lifting all of the restrictions and everything can go back to normal. Let's be very clear. They never had any intentions on anything going back to normal. They were going to do this as long as they could get away with it. The problem is now with shows like this and Hagman and school boards that are getting absolutely eviscerated and alternative media that is just blasting things everywhere now with truth about freedom, they've now realized they're going to have to backtrack. Now, here's the problem that we've seen now with a lot of these entities and alphabet groups and government agencies and simply banker-controlled narratives that they pushed is that they always do this, don't they? They take, like I've said, three or four steps in aggressive offense towards you, and then as soon as there's a massive pushback, they take a step back or half a step back and go, whoa, 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 why, why are you getting so upset? Well, because you're absolutely outstepping your boundaries and your lines and what you're allowed to do. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. And then they'll push forward on you and basically charge you another foot or two. And then all of a sudden you push back even harder. And they go, oh, whoa, whoa. they take a step back and go, oh, so, sorry, sorry, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't mean to offend you on this. You're right. We, we need to start doing this. Perfect example, Dr. Leanne Wynn, the communist Chinese CNN individual that claims she's a doctor that knows all the science who's literally told people now for the last two years how we need to follow the science oh by the way the dr leanne Wynn that's always on cnn she's also the one that had a huge interview after the boston bombing marathon about how she was searching for her husband for hours after the horrific explosion and couldn't find him yeah oh yeah she just happened to land on cnn at the same time the bombing happened and gave this big interview about how horrific it was and how horrible it was and how she couldn't find her husband. And if you've noticed, you'll see a lot of these actors, and that's what they are. They're actors. They're theater. They're designed to do one thing, and that's control the overall narrative that people believe. You have to understand what that means. They're there to control the direction that everybody thinks and talks about. She now comes out. I, I laughed when I saw this interview. I laughed. I mean, I got me a good chuckle in this morning. She came out now, and she said, well, we're starting to understand that the science is changing for masks and that we need to start lifting a lot of these restrictions and that we never had any, you know, any reason to keep them longer than we needed to have them up there. 
which is laughable because she's the same one that said it needs to be the carrot on the stick for people to get injected with the RNA gene therapy, and that once the carrot on the stick gives people a reward for getting the shot, then we may be able to look at different things that are happening. Well, what's happened is right now there's been an enormous amount of people that have been getting the injection and an enormous amount of people that have been getting severely injured from the injection. You can look at it on the VAERS report. You can look at it on the European database. This is happening all over the world. So what's happened is now the narrative has collapsed right on its face. You now see in Canada this absolute freedom rally, which has been incredible to see. The Canadian government is having a conniption fit with it. They don't know what to do because so many people are showing up, and now they're getting even more backlash because of incidences that are occurring where a 78-year-old granddad was drugged out of his car by law enforcement and arrested for honking his horn. I'm not exaggerating. I can't make this up. It's all over the alternative media. He's four foot ten. Now, I'm not picking on him for his size, but what I'm saying is he obviously is not a significant threat to four law enforcement officers dragging him out and handcuffing him and throwing him on the ground. 78-year-old man, and they said, you're not allowed to honk. It's an, it's an offense because you beeped your horn. That's literally what they said on the video while somebody's recording it. And he told them blatantly that he was there to see all the trucks and that one of the truckers was honking his horn, and he honked his horn back basically in support of what's going on. And he did say, I've, I've been injected. I've, I've had the RNA gene therapy, but I simply want to come here and support the truckers. They said, unacceptable. You're basically being arrested for honking your horn. This is the level that this collapsed on the narrative that they're trying to take it now. Now apparently they're trying to figure out how to get all these trucks out of Ottawa and other parts of Canada because every single tow company is refusing to tow the semi-trucks. And they asked one of the tow companies, one of the interview guys, so what's going on? He goes, well, we're really busy with other stuff. We just simply don't have time. And then off the record, somebody else said, well, they blatantly told us they have a great relationship with the truckers. We're a huge part of their business. When one of our semi-trucks breaks down, we call the tow companies up. And he said, they're not getting involved in this because they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. They know that we're a huge part of their business, and this is completely and totally out of control with what we've seen now with these mandates and restrictions. And now a judge in Canada, in Ottawa, has now ordered the police to return all the fuel they seized from the truckers. There's been photos now of them basically having to bring it back. Remember, this was going on, which was grossly illegal, by the way. You can't just start taking gasoline from people. I mean, that's theft. Now, what makes me angry about this is that now the law enforcement has had to return all the, I mean, I mean, talking piles of cans full of fuel. Which, I mean, obviously that's a safety hazard as well, I think, with law enforcement keeping all the fuel in one spot. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. But what's interesting about it is now, where where are the charges for the law enforcement? Where's the grand theft? Because this is a significant amount of fuel that they stole. Where I mean, where's this? Where where? Why is nobody talking about that? So it's okay now for people to fill up gas tanks and take them to their place of choosing, but law enforcement can come in and take your fuel cans from you? No compensation, no nothing. Just, by the way, we're taking your gas because you're not allowed to give your gas away. Yeah, there's so even in Canada, there's so many levels of law-breaking that occurred with that. That's why the judge basically ruled in favor of the suit that occurred that was basically an emergency hearing, apparently, over this situation. This is what they're willing to do to try to control the narrative. They are desperate right now. When you start seeing the government agencies tell the cops to seize fuel because the truckers can't aren't allowed to get fuel, 
that's when you know they are desperate and they are clamoring for anything they can get to try to hold it down. Now we're seeing more and more and more truth come out, and now, a lot, like I said, a lot of these governors and a lot of these states are now trying to backtrack on all these mandates. I've told everybody before, why is it that you need a reason or permission to not wear a mask? Why is it that you have to get permission to not let your children wear masks? I've been so proud of some of these schools, these videos that have been going viral now with these schools that have been children walking around saying, dude, we're not wearing a mask anymore. You can't, you can't suspend this all. You can't basically expel all of us. We're done. Walk around school, no mask. It, the principals and basically the admin don't know what to do. They're like, well, I'm that one school, they tried to put them all in the, uh, in the gymnasium. Said you can't go to class. You're not going to wear a mask. The gymnasium got so packed, they finally said we have to leave the school. And they said, okay, we'll all leave. We're done. We're not going to play this game anymore. So I'm so glad to see this. And this movement has to get more aggressive, and people have to start doing civil disobedience from this standpoint even more now because we cannot wait until they give everybody permission. I saw one place we're going to lift the mask mandate by March 30th. Really? Really? We're going to wait two more months now to, so you can get permission to stop wearing a mask somewhere? No. This is the same thing that I said with the airlines. If everybody that was flying decided, hey, we're just not going to comply anymore. we got to fly because we have to do this for a specific reason or business or whatever, but we're not going to wear masks. Do you know how quickly the airlines would reverse their policies if they started having to ground flights over and over and over again? And then all of the passengers started back charging because they said, well, we didn't get a flight. <laughs> the flight didn't take off. I'm filing a chargeback. You have to know how to play the game. There's a reason why one benefit of having things on credit cards, there's one benefit of people standing together in unison. And the more people that do this all together, the more it changes. And we saw that very clearly, the example we saw with the communist Polk County School Board that we've dealt with, still dealing with down here, when we all showed up in unison and said no. I'm not wearing a mask walking in. I'm not wearing a mask to talk. I'm not wearing a mask, period. And no, you're not checking my temperature. I told you guys when I walked in with that, the guy's got to wear a mask. I said, no, I'm not. We have to check your temperature. I said, no, you're not. You're doing none of the above. I'm walking in. Detain me if you want. Law enforcement already said they're not arresting anybody. You're not going to put your hands on me. Once you get 20, 30, 40, 50 people doing that situation, they go, well, this isn't fun anymore, is it? This isn't fun with our Marxist agenda. We can't continue to do this because nobody's listening to our moronic statements and mandates that we're putting out there that have no teeth. It's time everybody realize what they're doing. You don't wait for permission for them to tell you you don't have to do this or you can open your business or you don't have to have a vaccine or you don't have to wear a mask. You just do it. It's what's called being a free man and having rights that are ingrained in you by God Almighty. There's a reason why the amendments were put into place as rights, not permissions, not allowances, not ability for the government to allow you to do this. This is called a right, and if you stand up and you hold it strong, you maintain that right. What do you think, Dan? Well, our rights are absolutely God-given, period. And when 1776 happened and we put our Constitution together and we had our Declaration of Independence and we declared ourselves sovereign, we made ourselves equal to King George, which we had always been equal to King George, but because of the governments and because of the, should I say, the clergy and the Catholic Church, basically, involvement in the clergy and all the other stuff that was going on as far as with the governments and the monarchies. They wanted to have a separate set of citizens that basically were royalty and another one that were serfs. And it was a mess. You know, it really was. And we ended up basically having 
people getting completely out of control who would go in and just kill serfs because they wanted to, not because they were tried for anything. They just decided that they didn't like what they said or they didn't like what they were doing or they weren't paying their taxes and they would hang them from the bridge with absolutely no recourse against them for having killed someone. That's what it was before 1776 and King George. And we have to realize that the Constitution that we have in the United States is not the same as they have in a monarchy. It's not the same as they have in Canada. It's not the same as they have in Germany or anywhere else, especially with our Second Amendment rights. I mean, we have the freedom of speech and we have the Second Amendment. I mean, in other words, we've got the guns to back up our speech. That sounds kind of weird, but it's true if you think about it. I mean, if you take away the rights of the individual and you don't allow them to defend themselves and you basically keep them chained in a corner and you're poking them with a stick and there's nothing they can do besides crawl in a corner and pray that you don't kill them, that's a pretty horrible way to live. And that's where they want it back to. They want it back to a feudal state. They want it back to they completely can control everybody at every time and nobody's going to have any rights whatsoever. You know, now we have people, you know, coming in and contacting us and telling us that we have, you know, you know, AIDS being spread all over the world. In fact, attorney Kelly Sorrell said it's AIDS. They are giving people AIDS. I'm on an internal Zoom call with pathologists and doctors, and we are in serious trouble. Immune systems are being obliterated via the kill shot. And this is what they've done. There's a line of code inside of the kill shot. We've mentioned it many times on the show that downregulates the immune system. And there's another line of code that actually gives you, you know, acquired immunity deficiency syndrome. It gives you AIDS. And uh, people aren't getting it. And then we have these pathologists from around the world now are finding these rubberized clots inside of people's arteries. I've got a friend of mine who just, just developed gangrene. I told you about him last week. He's a car salesman over in Tampa because he couldn't get any oxygen, any blood to his foot. Didn't have any cuts on his foot. His foot just started rotting off. Just, you can't make this junk up. These people that I know. And here's the thing. I know so many people like this that are dying. You know, Steve. You know, one of our top reps, and he works in the office with you guys. Many of you know him. He just went to a funeral with a friend of his who basically had a heart attack, just dropped, fell, dead. You know, he went up to D.C. for the funeral. And we're seeing these funerals all over the place, people in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. And they had sudden death, sudden death, sudden death, sudden death. Usually sudden death was always a drug overdose or they committed suicide. Now we're having sudden death with all of these people that are perfectly fine, perfectly healthy. They get the shot a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month later, two months later. They develop clots. They develop myocarditis. They just drop dead, and we're seeing it everywhere. And, and now Trudeau is trying to force all the Canadians to get basically the clot shot, including the truckers. And enough people, like Austin has said at the beginning of his, his segment there, they have all begun to realize now that this is not something that's okay, that nobody wants the clot shot. Once you figure out it's a clot shot, unless you're really stupid, okay? Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, unless you're really stupid or really being blackmailed or really being compromised or really being pushed into it by a set of children or parents or grandparents who don't want to see you anymore unless you've been vaccinated, and you really feel that you have no choice, which I don't understand that because you always have a choice, don't you? Don't we always have a choice? You know, short of being held down and injected, don't we have a choice? I know they haven't started doing that yet in the United States. And Austin's also right that basically he is saying that the government is backing off all of these shots now. Fauci's saying we're about to come out of masks, which he's been saying that for years, which I, this guy, he, I don't even like speaking his name. He, to me, he's just a Kabbalist underling is all he is. He's a weirdo. And, and, you know, the reality is now you say, oh, we're coming out of the mask. There's that carrot again. There's that carrot again. 
because they know the elections are coming up. But they haven't got every single precinct rigged yet. They don't have every precinct rigged in every state and every county yet. They don't have that. So now they're thinking, oh, my gosh, the Democrats are going to lose. Well, you know, here's reality. They, they control the Republican side, too. Don't you remember when Donald Trump was president the first two years and he controlled both houses of Congress and he couldn't get the doggone Obamacare repealed? Couldn't get it repealed? They said, no, we're not going to do it. And his own group voted against him because they're all compromised because of Jeffrey Epstein. But we don't, you know, talk about that very much, but, you know, anymore because, it's, you know, Epstein basically has been relocated to a non-extradition country, probably Israel, because he's a dual Israeli citizen. But the reality is, is that nobody wants to discuss any of this stuff that happened as far as the compromise of the, our, our legislators. And, you know, we talked about it for years, but nobody's going to see it until they start realizing how these people are voting is depending on what the Kabbalist Luciferian agenda is telling them to do with Klaus Schwab and all the rest of them. And then we have then we have Tucker coming out. I'm going to cover this story. I really I normally wouldn't cover this, but I'm going to cover it because we've got to we got to dig a little bit into Trudeau's background. We've got to talk about it for a second. Now Tucker Carlson covered it the other night and said that Justin Trudeau's real father was Fidel Castro. Now you're like, what the heck? Yeah, Tucker Carlson recently reported an interesting theory that claims that the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau's real father, is former communist leader Fidel Castro of Cuba. Tucker's theory is not new, but it's been floating around the web for some time now, but Carlson has decided to introduce the theory to his millions of viewers. Tucker made the same comments during a segment where Carlson was giving his Fox News colleague Jeannie Guerrero and Lawrence Jones a quiz. The question Tucker asked Pirro and Jones was, which dictator in Justin Trudeau's real father? Jones incorrectly answered Carlson's question by naming Muammar Gaddafi as Trudeau's father. After Jones answered the question incorrectly, Tucker Carlson played a clip of Trudeau's mother, Margaret, saying, Fidel Castro, I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat this. Tucker Carlson played a clip of Trudeau's mother, Margaret, saying, Fidel Castro is a charmer, in another voice clip of her saying, you know why Fidel's in power. Okay. Now, you got to stop and think for a second. Is that true? Is this whole thing true? Do I think it's true? Do I think it's true that Webb Hubble is Chelsea Clinton's father? Wait a minute, Ted. You just talked about the Clintons, and now we're talking about Trudeau. Why would you jump like that? I'm giving you some more theories here. Webb Hubble and Chelsea Clinton look like they're identical. They look like they look like she's his daughter. You know, so we know that Webb Hubble and Chelsea Clinton and are really close, and we know that Hillary Clinton and Webb Hubble were really close, and we got all this incestuous stuff going on in these marriages. And if they're even marriages, they're just basically arrangements most of the time. And then we've got Barbara Bush and people saying that Aleister Crowley's her father. Is that true? I don't know. She looks just like him. You know, the DNA doesn't really lie. And Justin Trudeau, if you look at the younger photos of Castro, it looks like his son. Oh, that's right. Maybe it is his son. I don't know. But it sure would make sense because Justin Trudeau's father is the one who sold out Canada to the international Rothschild banking cartel. And Justin Trudeau's mother... How should I say this? She was pretty wild. I mean, she was actually really, really, really wild. In fact, she's got pictures of herself. Well, she got very, very, how should you say, compromising photos of herself online and the way she was sitting, et cetera, et cetera. So she wasn't, how should I say, going to be, nobody's ever going to accuse her of being a strong Christian lady. That wasn't going to happen. But, but, you know, you've got to look at all of this crazy stuff. you got pictures of his, of, of Justin Trudeau's mother hanging on Fidel Castro. I'm going to post these, you know, 
And remember, his wife, Margaret Sinclair, is from the satanic Sinclair family of Rosslyn Chapel fame. You know, we've got to realize who these people are and how they're tied together with the Kabbalist Luciferian Mafia. And you think, well, why in the world would we think this? Why would we think any of this stuff? Well, how do we, how do we know that Justin, Justin Castro, Trudeau, isn't a communist Manchurian candidate, Kabbalist Manchurian candidate, whose job was to turn Canada into the Kabbalist slave camp? How do we know that? That, is that why Castro refuses to talk with the truckers, but is happy to talk with the communist front of Black Lives Matter, whose leadership, by the way, is mostly white now that the blacks have run away because they were after they bought their mansions, and now everybody's turning into a bunch of witches that run the place. This is the same BLM that recently transferred millions to buy mansions, like we mentioned, you know, formerly owned by the Communist Party. You know, finally we can see Trudeau, we're seeing now on screens, is different than the one we saw last year. Is that from stress, or has he been replaced? You know, we have to understand that body doubles are used all of the time with what's happening in global politics. Because Hitler used body doubles. Stalin used body doubles. A lot of people – Hillary Clinton uses body doubles. We saw that a few – last few years ago when she was running for president, and she collapsed at that one event she was at. And all of a sudden, she's running around again talking to everybody, and it was a body double, clearly. So all of this stuff's happening around us as they continue to feed us the, <laughs> the poop and to keep us in the dark and try to make us believe the lies. Now, you say, well, Ted, a lot of this stuff is just conspiracy theory. Well, it is. I don't know what the DNA is on Trudeau, but he sure looks like Castro, and they sure had a, his father sure had a relationship with Castro, and I'm going to post a photo of his mother hanging on Fidel Castro. I mean, what married woman would hang on another man? Hmm? I, I'm just being blunt now. Is a Christian married woman who loves Jesus going to hang on another man? Uh, the answer is no. You know, and, and, if, and if that Christian woman did hang on another man, it's perhaps time for her husband and her to have a little chit-chat about proper do's and don'ts. The same thing is true if it's a Christian man hanging on another woman. You don't do stuff like that. I remember Zig Ziglar told me one time, and he was very clear about this on his audio tapes. You don't touch a member of the opposite sex if you're married or if you're basically a Christian because it leads to other things. You don't do that. You don't walk up to people and start pawing on them. You don't do that. It's not okay. Now, you can shake somebody's hand or something like that, but you don't walk up to somebody else's wife and start giving them a back massage. You don't do stupid stuff like that. It's not okay. It looks bad. I have a friend of mine who did that one time to another person that I knew's wife, and I just told him, I said, dude, that's not okay, man. You don't touch other people's wives. For some reason, that concept seems to elude a lot of people. It really does, and that's a problem. You know, you know, people end up getting themselves beat up and shot because of crazy stuff like that, and also they end up losing relationships. But in the vast majority of time, if a guy is basically <laughs> hitting on another girl or a woman's hitting on another guy, there's going to be physical contact. So you don't do stuff like that. And while we're speaking about relationships right now, this is going since I'm meddling to this point at this point, it's, I can't dig out of this one. Let me go ahead and give you a letter. This came in from a friend of mine. He says, I appreciated your show today. I've been so set on having a good woman for the past few years, and it's been a revolving door of dating. My faith in Christ is as strong as ever, but my faith in the state of the relationships and marriage is minimal because of what I'm seeing. Anyways, I'd appreciate it if you would say a prayer for my quest to find a good woman. I only ever ask for favors when I really need them, and I know you're the right guy to ask. 
Your service to the kingdom of God is immeasurable and continues to gain value in these dark cultural times. You and Austin may not always realize the effect of what you're doing, but I've shared your show with all walks of life and to mostly positive responses. Sincerely, your brother in Christ. Now, let me give you some advice on this. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you the guy's name because I know him really well, so we're going to call him Joe. That is not his right name. You know, here's what I did, Joe, and here's how I look at things. You know, I prayed, you know, for Sharon. Now, I prayed specifically for what I wanted. I prayed for eye color, height, hair color, everything, weight, all of it, including the fact that they needed to have a really strong relationship with Jesus. I prayed for that, and I prayed for that on my knees, and I asked God to send me a wife. You know, within three weeks, I started dating Sharon. Now, does it always happen that fast? The answer is absolutely no, it does not. But you've got to be specific with God as far as what you want. And then in the, in the end of it, you've always got to pray, but, I, but also, Lord, I pray for your perfect will to be done in my life. Now, what would I do if I found myself in a single situation and I didn't know what to do as far as trying to find a Christian wife if I was single? What I would do is this. I would go out, number one, and pray first. Number two, I would make sure that my lifestyle matched my walk and my talk. I would man, I would do that too. And number three, I would probably go to a Christian dating site. Then you say, well, really, Ted, you do that? Yeah, I probably would. And what I would do, I would put specifically what I believed, that I was not vaccinated, that I was a Christian, that basically I did not believe in, and I'd list everything I don't believe in, and then I would list everything that I do believe in, and I would say, if this interests you, you know, contact me, whatever. If not, don't contact me. And that's how I would do it. And I would realize that I would want to be in a relationship that was of God. And then I would pray about everything. That's really important, guys, that you understand that. But the thing about it is, is this. What do we do? We compromise, don't we? We go out with people we know we shouldn't. We do things that we know we shouldn't. We see things we shouldn't see. We do things we shouldn't do. We say things we shouldn't say. And, you know, it's just part of being, you know, in a flesh suit. We're a spiritual being experiencing a flesh suit existence in this dimension is all we are. And so we have to deal with the constant do's and don'ts of what we're supposed to do as far as from a societal norm and from a Christian norm, which are vastly different at this point. So the thing about it is, is this. Don't be in a big rush to be in a relationship. I'm being very sincere about that. Why? I'll be honest with you. I've been in a bad marriage before. Okay. I told you that. I was married for three years before I started dating, before I got divorced and started dating Sharon. I would have rather been single than have been married the first time. It was that bad. And I'm letting you guys know that, you know, that's what it can turn into very, very quickly. It turns into an emotional roller coaster that you wish that you had never gotten married and you wish you would have stayed single. Don't allow yourself to get into that involvement like that. I suggest you date somebody for at least one to two years to make sure that you're getting along with them really, really well before you get married. I do. I really do because, I mean, you got to know somebody. In the first 30 days, anybody can fool you if you're dating them. Just thought I'd mention that unless they're a complete nightmare. But usually for the first 30 days, somebody can fool you. If they're really good, they can fool you for 60 days. It takes a special, special person to fool you for 90 days. It really does. And so you've got to be really, really careful for that first, you know, three months. You've got to be careful when you're dating somebody to make sure they're the right one. And you got to be willing to go to church. You do. 
and they do. And you've got to talk about it, and you've got to be willing to pray together. I've asked so many people have asked me. You know, Sharon, I've been married for almost forty years, and they always ask me, "What is your secret? What is your secret?" And they don't expect me to say what I say. I always say, "Is we pray together every day." I mean, out loud, we pray together out loud every day. The person that you're dating needs to be willing to pray with you out loud every single day because you really expose what you believe and what you feel when you pray to God in front of somebody else, and you need to know what they feel and what they believe. That's really, really important. And if you do that, you vastly reduce the risks of ending up getting divorced and having relationships that go sideways if you pray together. But that's the most important single thing that Sharon and I do every day. I get up in the morning. I have my purple sticks. I love my purple sticks. You think, well, gosh, Ted, do you really promote purple sticks? Well, I, I love them. They're great. You bathe your brain in B vitamins and some green tea in the morning and get yourself awake. Then I basically have my eggs, my three eggs. And then I tell Sharon, it's time to pray because I don't want to pray when I'm not awake. And then we pray. And then I continue prepping for the show, and then I come and do the show. That's pretty much my morning. I'm pretty I'm pretty consistent. My life's pretty much that way every single morning except for the weekends. And see, that's the key is consistency in relationships and consistency in your prayer life, consistencies in your with your walk with Christ, and consistencies with your diet and all the other everything else. It's the consistencies. You see, little things done over a period of time will give you consistent results if you maintain the everyday standing status of that. The same thing is true with your spiritual walk and your walk with Christ. If you pray every day, it builds and builds and builds and builds until you develop a relationship with the Most High. And when you develop that relationship with the Most High, you go to him and you petition him. You say, Father, I need this. Or, Father, can you help me with this? Father, could you please do this? If it be your will, can you do this for me? And it's amazing what God does, how he directs your footsteps in the course of your life in order to accomplish your goals and to do those things. But he wants to be part of your life. He, he doesn't want you telling him what to do. He wants you seeking his will and, and asking him. He's like a, he's your dad. Remember this. He's your spiritual father. He's, he's God Almighty. And he only wants best of the good things for you. So sometimes when you pray for something and you don't get an answer, that is the answer. The answer was no. Remember that. So there's a certain timing. Remember, he's running a complex fractal, a complex fractal timeline. He knows if you marry so and so and it ain't right, it's going to go sideways six months or two years or five years down the road. He knows that. So he's going to make sure if you seek his will that he's not going to set that up for you. But don't try to force it. That's the thing that we always try to do, isn't it? And I've done it before in the past. You try to force something or you felt the Holy Spirit tells you not to do something and you do it anyhow and it goes sideways. And you go back and you go, well, that's on me. I blew that. You know, God told me not to do it. I did it. Oh, well, I got now I got to deal with the blowback. But God knew that in advance. That's why he tried to tell you not to do it. That's why years ago I told you I had a, I had a kid who's a God, I was going to help raise him. And I pleaded with him not to vaccinate his children, and we got into an argument about it. I told you this story, and I love the kid. I mean, he's like my, he's like my son, and that's the reason I guess I got so emotionally involved in it. Then he ended up basically vaccinating his son, and his son ended up coming down with autism. I mean, it, you know, when you try to tell people, when God tries to tell you in advance certain things aren't going to work out or if you see things aren't going to work out, I mean, if you go out with somebody, and you go out with a girl or you go out with a guy, and the first thing he wants to do is go visit his drug-dealing friend and go go smoke some pot. 
you might not want to get involved with him or he wants to go shoot up with some heroin while you watch. You probably don't need to get involved with him. You probably need to go home. I remember one time I went out with this girl in college. This is when I was still in junior college. I was like 18, 19 years old, and she's like four or five years older than me. She was real pretty, and, and we go out, and she gets a bare aspirin tin out, and she starts taking aspirin. Well, I find out later she's on amphetamines. Her personality was so off, off, so incredibly wretched and awful that unless she was on amphetamines, you know, she, you know, she was horrible. That was the one day wonder. I, you know, I didn't care how pretty she was. I went out with her one time and I was done. And I wasn't even saved. And I thought, I'm not going to go out with somebody who starts taking drugs on the first date. What the heck is that all about? So I've been there, done that, seen it myself. That's why I tell you, you've got to avoid certain behavioral patterns. Some women and some men are just simply nuts. There's no other way of putting it. And you start going out with them, you see the behavior. I promise you, it ain't going to get better. It's going to get worse, and there's no reason to get yourself caught up in it. Better to be single. What does Solomon say? He said, I'd rather be in the, live in the attic of a house than with a nagging, contentious woman. Well, the same thing is true. I'd rather be in the attic of a house rather than if I was a woman living with a nagging, contentious husband or a woman. Don't be involved with people who you don't get along with for the long run. Don't do it. And make sure your values are similar. Very important. So I want to kind of meddle with that for just a minute, but I also want to let people know that, you know, Justin Trudeau is not who you think he is. Again, his father was directly involved in bringing the Rothschild banking cartel into Canada, and his mother has got all kinds of pictures of her hanging on Fidel Castro. In fact, I'm going to send that to Sharon right now and have her post it on the Instagram account, and I'm also going to post it on one of the news feeds so you guys can see it for Health Masters so that you guys know I'm not making this stuff up. All of this stuff in Canada has been orchestrated for a long, long time. The same thing with the United States. This Kabbalist group of international bankers want to rule the world, and they're going to continue to push their narrative unless you stand your ground like we talked about at the beginning of the show with Austin's first segment. Then they'll back off. Okay. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, that's really well said, and that's why I continue to reiterate for our children and our children's children and their spouses and whoever they're basically going to be with, we owe it to them to continue to raise them as Americans. One of the reasons why we've started to see the horrific dating scene and a lot of the stuff that's happened now is due to social media and the lack of morals and ethics that is now spread and is basically turned into a cancer and rotting along a lot of the younger generation. I mean, there, there are social media sites now that basically are just straight, just hook up dating sites. I was talking to one of my buddies about it the other day, my workout partner. I was, I heard of a specific one. I'm not even going to bring name of it. I said, what is that? I said, I've heard it brought up like three or four times online. I was like, oh, it's like, it's like basically like a hookup site. It's like everybody just goes on there and basically swipes. If you want to hook up, if you don't, you don't. And he's like, that's pretty much what everybody does now. I said, it's, it's pretty bad, honestly. He said it's so hard to find somebody that actually wants to date and actually have like a real relationship. And I said, don't you find that a bit odd? I said, I said, I even I, I'm only in my 30s, and I said I have such a difficult time understanding the social media generation. I said because I was back when you know if you wanted to go on social media, the first big social media platform that ever existed was MySpace, and I remember in its infancy when I was in college when it first came out. End up going to the library to go get on a computer. And I had a MySpace, and it was a very interesting platform, very basic. And a lot of times everybody always set it up for, like, events, and friends would hang out. And if you saw somebody you wanted to talk to or wanted to hang out with and you saw them and think, you actually had to talk to them and carry on a conversation with them and see, like, oh, well, you know, I'm vibing with this person. Let's go grab some coffee or let's go grab dinner. That is gone now. That direct communication is gone in COVID 
was used as an excuse to even bury that experience further. That's the reason why now they're pushing the metaverse. It wasn't accidental, guys, that this whole metaverse thing started getting significant traction and publicity all over online and started having all this money pumped into it and these NFTs and all this moronic digital lifestyle. It wasn't coincidence it started to get massive publicity during COVID. Everybody wanted an outlet. It was a psychological operation. They knew they needed a way to make people disconnected with one another so they would fall into this prey trap of going into this digital world. And that's exactly where they're taking it. Remember, I said it from the very beginning, the summer of 2020. I said one of the personal reasons why I think and I believe, my opinion, they're trying to force everybody to wear masks is they don't want anybody having direct contact. Why do you have to wear a mask if you have to stay six feet apart if the business is closed and you're not allowed to go anywhere? Well, I mean, it, obviously, we've seen that with John Hopkins University. It was all a complete lie. There was no science in it whatsoever. There was no backing and research in to justify anything they did. Yet they just arbitrarily tried to make up rules they told people they had to follow. It wasn't by accident. It was by a very specific plan. They've been working on this for decades, in my opinion. You can look back at the psychological research all the way from the MK Ultra program from the CIA and them dosing people with LSD and trying to change the way people perceive certain things. They've been working on this for a very, very long time. And what's happened now, they're seeing so much pushback. They've realized, okay, the COVID gig's pretty much up. We've beaten this dead horse now. Nobody believes anything anymore because people are starting to wake up and alternative media is starting to wake up. So now they're trying to give everybody a little bit of breathing room. But I've already told everybody, you best believe they're not going to let this up without a massive, massive pushback. I can guarantee you any amount of money they're going to try to pull something again in the next couple months over the summer, whether they come out with some new altered Ebola virus out of China or just whatever some other random lie they come up with to try to get people scared again. This isn't going to stop. They're giving everybody a little bit more break again. This is why I've said the compliance with mandate dates and listening to anybody now has got to stop. It's got to stop. I mean, now in Ottawa, Canada, or excuse me, not in Ottawa, I saw this article earlier, so I was wondering how long this was going to go on as far as how, if they were actually going to do this in some parts of Canada. They're now showing that over there in the, uh, the one province up in Canada, in Alberta, they're ending the vaccine passport at midnight now. Alberta's done. They're completely removing the vaccine passport. Well, does anybody else get an apology now for the last year and a half? They got the vaccine because they were basically told they couldn't function in society and they weren't allowed to go into stores and they weren't allowed to work and they weren't allowed to travel. No, nobody gets an apology for this. Because remember, the vaccine passport was supposed to be the thing that was going to fix everything now. It was going to be the new normal. Well, now, Alberta said, well, we're done with it. At midnight, it stops. And I think they are actually starting to get pretty scared up there because these truckers apparently have not complied with anything. I'm still seeing videos today. People are sending me videos. These guys are just stopping in the middle of the road parking they got snow building up around them no we're we're just gonna block the road good luck towing ten thousand semi trucks have fun with that let us know how that works for you i'm like wow wow i didn't think canada had that much resolve i am extremely impressed i'm not gonna lie i was very sad to see the united states still hasn't done that in a lot of these states now where people still just blindly comply with all this and so to see where they're trying to take it in the u.s now Homeland Security, if you guys saw this, these guys now just issued a new terrorist bulletin this week in response to concerns 
over conspiracy theories and misleading narratives. Yes, really, that's what they're blatantly stating. The United States remains – this is a quote from Homeland Security. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, primarily including online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation introduced and amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors, the bulletin stated. The advisory goes on to assert that the U.S. is in a heightened threat landscape due to the proliferation of false and misleading narratives which sow discord and undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. In a nutshell, if you didn't follow that, what they're basically saying is anybody that doesn't trust the mainstream narrative and doesn't follow what CNN tries to force down your throat, you're essentially a domestic terrorist and you're going to be dealt with accordingly and put on a threat list. That's what they're implying here where this is going. Anybody that does not go along with what they're telling you and actually questions, questions anything that goes on now, you're going to be classified as a potential terrorist. They're saying now the heightened threat landscape is due to what is going on with false and misleading narratives. Now, what's interesting about this whole topic, this whole topic, when did the First Amendment go through the paper shredder? Because last time I checked, this misinformation that allegedly is going around right now that DHS is so concerned about has apparently never been an issue up until just a couple years ago now, right? We didn't, we didn't, when's the last time you heard disinformation back in the 90s or 2000s? Hmm? Sure, misinformation, pro- prolific online, conspiracy theories. We heard conspiracy theories when they first brought that up in the 90s. A lot of that was to attack people that questioned what happened with Waco and Ruby Ridge. That's when that ran Oklahoma City bombing. That's when that term first came about. Now we're seeing misinformation has to be dealt with accordingly. Well, what is that supposed to mean? Does that mean if you say something online now, it's going to be like Australia? You're going to have law enforcement knocking on your door at 9 o'clock at night to question you about why you made a comment on your Facebook? That, that goes on in Australia right now. Remember the video of the mother that law enforcement came into her house in Australia and arrested her because she put out information on Facebook blatantly t- stating that the Australian government was out of control? And essentially they were going to have protest and that she was leading a protest of anti-vaccine mandate. The video, she got arrested. They drug her out in handcuffs in front of her children. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't have a First Amendment. And Dad said it so succinctly. We have the First Amendment because we have the Second Amendment. If either one of those start to collapse, as you see right now, it's going to be a fallback on the other one. And that's where it's going with now. That's why they're trying to get rid of the First Amendment. And the problem with it is if the First Amendment goes out, the Second Amendment is the only viable backup option. That's why it was placed and listed so importantly and so strategically in the amendments with the Bill of Rights. They knew what happens when you're not allowed to talk anymore. The, the, the individuals in the United States and the patriots that were here, the founding fathers of the country, knew very well what happens. When you are not allowed to speak anything, because dad made it so sincere, so succinct, they just say, oh, you're not allowed to say that about King George. Hang him from the bridge. You're not allowed to say that. Oh, you can't say that either. That's just what it is. There was a TV show that I watched a while back ago. It was called Turn. I told you guys that. It was about a huge portion of the Revolutionary War at the beginning. 
And a lot of it was historically accurate. They put some you know, fictional stuff into it. But it showed you very clearly with the British occupation, a lot of the patriot communities, how poorly they treated them. And there was one incident in one of the bars where basically one of the patriots is doing something, and one of the redcoats walks up to him and basically takes his beer and knocks it over. And they get in a fight. Oh, that's unacceptable. You assaulted a British officer. You're now basically going to go sit in the stockade. And they end up hanging him. They hang him. Put him in the stockade and they kill him. It's unacceptable. You assaulted a British officer. Yeah. That's what they did back then. That's how horrific it was. That's why the patriots were willing to give up everything they had, including their life, to make sure their children and their grandchildren never experienced what atrocities they saw from the British government. But for some odd reason, we don't talk about much of that anymore. We definitely don't bring it up in the school systems. Public school systems don't even bring up much of any of this at all. Now I saw a video that was grossly disturbing, and I'll I'll post it on the website so you guys can see it. It's a kindergarten school in Washington, D.C., around $40,000 a year. I was looking it up earlier. $40,000 a year school, Lowell School. In Washington, D.C., kindergarten. This is kindergarten, guys. Not high school, not some college protest class. There's a video, and they're making the kindergarten class walk around segments of the school while they wear masks, and they hold up signs that they basically made, handmade signs with cardboard on them, and they're yelling Black Lives Matter and told they have to chant Black Lives Matter for 30 minutes walking around the school. Not joking. Kindergarten class. Teaching the kids how to be good little controlled peasants that follow orders. I watched it, my stomach dropped. And I went, the level of child abuse and psychological just invasion on this is so disturbing to me. And the very fact that the school tried to come out and justify it, they've doubled down on it. They've doubled down on it. They came out, they said, regarding the curriculum, we firmly believe that children can help develop a strong sense of self, including showing them that they each have a voice and they can use that voice to cause change. Wait, what? We're talking about kindergartners. A lot of them are still learning how to go to the bathroom and how to write their name. So we're going to tell them they need to make signs and walk around and chant Black Lives Matter? What about making them say that all lives matter? White lives matter or Hispanic lives matter. Why is this curriculum geared only towards supporting the theory that blacks are superior to every other race? Because no race is superior to any other race. We're all made in the image of God Almighty. And why in the world is this being allowed in a kindergarten private school? If I had any, any aspect in this area, I would automatically send out emails to all the parents involved. I'd say the kids need to get pulled out immediately. If you have to, back charge the money you sent to the school. This is unacceptable behavior. If you guys want to go take 18 and 19-year-old kids that are morons in college and they're taking protesting 101 and you want to go teach them this and they're grown adults, by all means, if they want to go be idiots and waste their time, they could go be idiots and waste their time. But considering what we know about the blatant Marxism, and I told you yesterday from right out of the BLM handbook, what they talk about is getting rid of the nuclear family, the 13 aspects of BLM. 
This is what they're eliciting. This is what they're pushing. This is why they're dissolving the entire younger generation. This is why we've seen now an entire society of young kids that are complete and total mind-controlled idiots, and they will do anything they're told, including wearing double masks to school and walking around campus and not speaking to one another because they're told they're not allowed to have conversations with kids on campus. This has all been one giant psychop. And until people understand that, nothing is going to change. That's why, again, I am so supportive of the truckers up in Canada and what they've been doing, and they've been pushing this. Now we're seeing this collectivism and Agenda 2030 is starting to show its first engagement now over in California. This is this is pretty disturbing now. This is something that we knew was going to start happening, where they discussed in Agenda 2030 under the United Nations agenda that they want to start moving individuals all into the main city areas. And pretty much you're going to have giant pockets of population in smart cities, and then pretty much everywhere else is going to be restricted for pretty much the banker boys so they can go run off and do their little things out in the woods or whatever else they like to do with each other, and nobody's allowed out there. Homelessness in San Francisco now is allegedly so bad with over 30,000 homeless vagrants running around, defecating on the street, shooting up heroin on the sidewalk, throwing them in the grass, pooping right next to outside restaurants. What do you do? Videos of you know, make it up. They're now saying they're starting to ask landlords and individuals who have houses and VRBOs to house the drug-using homeless individuals. I kid you not, mayor of Richmond, a city 20 miles from San Francisco, is now working with the mayor of San Francisco to set up a program to match homeless people with local landlords who have empty or unfilled apartments. It will pay the landlords a year rent up front to encourage them to forgo the usual credit, employment, and background checks for tenants. He claims he has not faced any concerns from the tenants about the housing because the apartments were basically unfilled and they needed to be filled up anyways. Now they're also asking local families to do something about it personally by taking unhoused people into their own homes and spare rooms because, you know what, this can help out with the society. So, you know, while you have your two or three kids in your home and you've got a spare bedroom, you're now being solicited to let a meth-using vagrant into your home so he can, he can have a place to stay, you know, a safe place. Well, he smokes his meth and does his heroin, and it's totally cool because, you know, you're making change. You're helping with the community. This is exactly what Agenda 2030 poises to do, is put everybody in apartments, in housing, and restricts them from going anywhere. And basically those places are going to be complete and total hellholes. They're now saying that essentially the landlords can come forward and get payment immediately if they will open up the apartments. Now – I'm no rocket scientist, but I know a few things about a few things, and I can tell you right now from what we've already seen in L.A., you take individuals that are IV using, basically drug users, that are completely and totally out of their mind and essentially psychotic in some cases, as we've seen in videos, with homeless individuals beating women down the escalators with tire locks, bike tire locks, dragging people out of stores, breaking into restaurants, breaking into jewelry stores, walking into liquor stores and carrying out backpack full of liquor, walking into Walgreens with pickaxes and basically grocery carts and filling up and walking out. And these are all videos I have personally seen in L.A. 
and we're now saying those individuals, you know, we, we want to help them out. So instead of actually doing something about it, we're going to ask people to house them in their apartments and in their own homes because, you know, it's science, right? It makes sense. You totally need to do it to support your community. Communism. This is what communism is. This is what Marxism is, and this is what they're doing to ruin the fabric of society, not addressing what's really going on, but simply catering and taking care with other people's money and other people's housing and other people's taxes while they can sit back in their giant houses and tell everybody what they have to do. Because, again, remember, it's rules for thee and not for me. What do you That's think? right. You know, often I was – I wanted to bring up one thing real quick. The movie Dr. Zhivago, everybody needs to watch it. I mean it's one of those movies that basically is a classic. It was done back in the 60s, and it covers what happened in Russia with the Russian Revolution and how the Russians – the, basically, the Kabbalists came into Russia, and they started basically taking people's homes, killed the Tsar and his family, You know, started the war, enlisted Dr. Zhivago into the war as a medical doctor, wouldn't let him out, basically hijacked him, and then he came back to his town to go home, and his house had been basically moved into by 50 other people. And they left him one small room to live in, and they said, you have to take these people in because they're homeless. you got to take care of them. So they get your house now. They get your stuff. They get your furniture. They burned his furniture for basically heating wood for, for keeping themselves warm. And so you need to watch it. They also talk about Antifa in Dr. Zhivago. And so it's really important, guys, that we see the patterns that they always constantly do. In addition to that, now they're finding out, as we told you, months ago that john hopkins university basically now confirms that you can be vaccinated with a pcr not, not i'm sorry john hopkins confirms that you can be vaccinated with a pcr swab test without even knowing that you've been vaccinated when then putting this stuff up your nose all the time so always remember that that's really important you don't allow them to do that also we need to realize that dhs has stopped deporting many illegal immigrants convicted felons because they say that's not a priority anymore to get these people out who are known murderers who came in from another country and then one other story i want to cover real quick and i'll also have it back heather mcdonald who's an unbelievable heathen filthy filthy comedian female is a regular on chesty handler's former show another female heathen comedian reportedly fainted and hit her head on the floor during her comedy show and fractured her skull she collapsed right after delivering her first joke promoting vaccines her quote was i'm vaxxed double vax, boosted and flu shot and single shot and haven't gotten COVID, and jesus loves me most she blasphemed and she just fell down and basically hit her head concussion probably had a clutch basically hit her brain mcdonald's rep she'd received a booster shot approximately three weeks ago chelsea handler was also in the hospital for undisclosed reasons on february the 5th and canceled two of her filthy lewd pro vaccine tour her tour was called vaccinated and horny this is disgusting chelsea handler suffered a vaccine injury on may 2021 went deaf in one of her ears just hours after receiving her second dose of the mrna shot both women have reported they do not have covid the problem is guys this is the filthy group of people, witches and Kabbalists, that go out and do their filthy comedy shows. And I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Don't watch this crap on HBO. Don't watch this stuff. Don't go to these comedy shows. Don't give these people money, period. Remember a couple of years ago, the one comedian, I think her name was Kathy Griffin or whatever her name is, is she had a shell held up a heavered, severed head of Donald Trump. She wasn't even arrested for that. She should have gone to prison for that. That's basically a direct threat on the president of the United States. This group of Kabbalist witches 
are getting worse and worse and worse, and they're not going to they're not going to stop it, and they're not going to stop promoting them on the news until we stop watching that crap and that garbage and stop supporting them. Guys, I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. I love you and I appreciate you. It's been a wild week of shows so far, and you guys are absolutely awesome. And I just am just blessed to know you. I hope the show ministered to you today. I hope you learned a few things from it. And, guys, always remember we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, strengthens us. And, guys, listen to me. Stay focused on the things of the Lord. Very, very important. I love you. Also, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, I, I saw that article with that comedian and falling down right after that. And I thought it was interesting because I wasn't sure if it was actually real at first. I looked it up, and sure enough, oh, yeah, she said that. And it reminded me of Galatians 6-7, to be not deceived. God is not mocked. What, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You start making comments like that, and you start making jokes, you start blaspheming God, boy, that's, a, that's an area that you just don't go. It's my opinion, don't go there. Same thing I talk to people about when they start using God's name in vain and cursing. You know, We all use some profanity sometimes. It definitely slips out being in the world that we're in. But you start, you start basically blaspheming God, and you start cursing God, man, that's a whole other road that you just don't want to go down. But again, Thank you for getting the truth out there. Thank you for standing up for what you believe in. You guys check out the product of the week, the Testo Plus, one product of the week. It's an incredibly good formula. I use it all the time. Helps out with healthy testosterone level, increases libido, supports cognition. Be sure to check it out. It'll be going on sale today as product of the week on the website. And also check out, again, the HGH Stimulate along with the Purple Sticks also on the website right now with the HGH being on sale at healthmasters.com. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay sharp, stay fresh, stay true, and continue to get the truth out there. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.